Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. Uh, you can see see and hear me daily on this show, Monday to Friday, and you can find my words over at ESPN, NBA Australia, and whoever else is willing to take my stuff. And joining me today is my good friend from the Bucks Radio Network, Justin Garcia. And uh, before we get into it, we thank you guys every day for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every day. You can get it free wherever you get your podcast. Now on YouTube, of course. And Justin, one of the things we knew and the evidence told us from other shows across the network is that uh, with YouTube, a lot of the times you're actually getting a completely different audience. And we had a comment on YouTube uh, from our post-game show yesterday. OMB3D is the YouTube account. And they said that popular in Greece, YouTube, which I was tipped off before we started doing YouTube that they found that international audience in particular were, were enjoying that format of the podcast. And Evidently, we've got a lot of Bucks fans and certainly Giannis fans from Greece that are tuning in and watching the show or maybe listening. So uh, shout out to those guys. We, we, hey, I'm an international, Justin. I, I like it. I respect a worldwide audience. You, you are the one that brings the international audience. And I was going to say the comments that I saw, I don't remember if it was on Reddit or on uh, the YouTube page, was what you always seem to see when it's an audio format where you get to see people for the first time. And it was a handful of the, this is not what I anticipated those two guys to look like and and speaking about you and Frank. So I don't know if that's good or bad, but apparently you don't look anything like what people thought you would. Yeah, I know. Uh, When people just leave that open-ended comment, I'm like, okay, I don't know whether this is a good thing or a bad thing. Um, Me personally, I'll assume the worst. So I apologize uh, for those that are very let down by by my actual appearance. But today's been an interesting day on social media, Justin, because I woke up here in Australia and I'm seeing all these social media posts and the Lakers are celebrating 12 months since they won the title. And I got to tell you, fellas, it's old news. Nobody cares about the Lakers winning the 2020 title. It's not You're not even the defending champs anymore. So it is crazy, and we've spoken about it before, the timeline of where the Bucks were at this point last year, and everyone's freaking out about Giannis, and then a few weeks later they're furious about Bogdanovich, and everyone's stressed, and people want Bud gone, and nobody knows what to think. But here we are, and the Lakers only a year ago won the title, and like I said, it's already old news Time is a weird thing, particularly over the last couple of years, but uh, that in itself is just insane to think about. The old uh, time is a flat circle line from True Detective. I saw that this morning, and it was funny. I was talking about it with um, somebody at the station a couple of days ago, and that just bringing up, um, yeah, the timeline of the finals in 2020, and then thinking, wait, are we going to reach the point? Because I couldn't remember exactly where it ended. Are we going to reach the point where the regular season starts at a point when the finals was still going on a year ago and we miss it by a week, but still to think that three NBA seasons (laughs) have touched the last 365 days 
is just bizarre to think back to crowning two NBA champions. Parts of three seasons will have been played over the span of a year. I still can't wrap my mind around it. So as I said, right off the top, we are going to talk about Jordan War, and I mentioned it yesterday, and for good reason. He's been lighting it up in the preseason. We've seen him do this before in different lineups, but we've had a couple of different quotes from players. It does feel like there's a little bit of a different sense to what he could potentially bring to the team. So I want to explore that idea a little bit. A part of that, though, is looking at the depth of this team. And I, I've actually seen a few national people start to acknowledge all of a sudden that, geez, this Bucks team is is sneakily deep. Maybe the offseason they had is better than what we think. And and I look at the game yesterday as we're recording this against Oklahoma City. And again, sure, they're going to be, you know, maybe the worst team in the league. That's that's totally fine. But you still looked at the players that didn't play, and they were what project to be a lot of the key bench pieces and Dante DiVincenzo, obviously a, a potential starter, but Shemi Ojale wasn't out there. Rodney Hood wasn't out there. George Hill didn't play as well, but Rodney Hood's an interesting one. Uh, we found out at practice earlier today that he was able to, to practice, uh, which he hasn't been able to do. He's been having some foot soreness. Clearly he's had some injury interrupted uh, seasons in years gone by. Uh, did you take anything it's super interesting away from what he said. Or I mean, I know a lot of it was about the culture, which you hear a lot of with the Bucks, which does seem strange now, but we've been kind of accustomed to the fact that they acquire these new players and they come in and they say the standards are different to where they've been in other franchises and they're super impressed. No, not um, not too much from what he said. Nothing surprising. It's, it's just, um, you know, I think the intrigue now becomes getting a chance to see him with this group and, and he and Shemi Ojale, because those are really the two unknowns that George Hill we've at least seen with most of this group before. You finally got to see Grayson Allen playing with the starters. Um, uh, I don't want to spend too much time on it now, but uh, the Jordan Wara part too, where we got that brief run of Jordan Wara playing with four of the five starters. So it's just kind of waiting to see Shemi Ojale and what his role is. And I think that's what makes it most interesting with him and Rodney Hood is – we're still waiting to see these guys and how they fit in with this group, but also what is their role going to be? And, and especially, you know, for a guy like Rodney hood, when you see Jordan Wara do what he's done throughout the preseason, I'm not jumping to conclusions. And I know you're insane. Well, this means that Jordan Wara is going to be a big part of the rotation, but it does at least make it interesting that I'm still not quite sure what to expect from Rodney hood. And, and how much does Jordan Wara, playing and potentially getting more reps and, and up to speed and, and more comfortable with this overall system in the G League, how much does that impact it this season? So I think it's very common, and this isn't just Bucks fans, this is any sports fan, and this goes across multiple sports. If you have a veteran role player or a guy that you think you know what to expect from, and Rodney Hood might fit into that category, even though maybe there's some upside if he's playing on a championship contending team, is able to get healthy. I think generally much of the excitement goes towards the younger player that's been drafted by the franchise. We see this all the time. Uh, we know over the last couple of years there was incredible excitement with players like Mamadi Diakite going back a few years ago. It was Christian Wood. And there's still this sense sometimes from the, the fan base that, well, the Bucks made a mistake by not being able to play these guys. So I've tweeted a few times about Jordan Wara, how impressive he's been during the preseason. But just for... I guess a little bit of perspective about how difficult it's going to be to play this guy. When I did my rotation projections and we had it on the show here a couple of weeks ago, you did that show with me, Justin. I didn't have Jordan Warwick getting any minutes. And part of the reason for that was because this rotation is super, super deep. So I, Pat Connaughton is going to play. 
because he fits in with the team, because he plays defense, because he'll move the ball. I had Rodney Hood getting 10 minutes in that scenario. I'm totally fine. Like I, I'm not tied to that idea. I mentioned it at the time that that's those those minutes could be hit or miss. Maybe they'll be available for another player. No, there's there's no question for me that Jordan Wara could take those minutes. But the fact that I could only find 10 minutes for Rodney Hood anyway in that spot, and that's being pretty conservative with a lot of these guys in the rotation. And that was before you even include Dante DiVincenzo. So I, I just think like taking a step back and looking at this from a holistic point of view in terms of the entire roster and where they fit in minutes-wise, when you're on a championship team, it's just really, really hard. Yeah, and I mean, that's the big part is I, I think we all kind of assume that Grayson Allen would be in the starting lineup for who knows until Dante's back. Maybe that's January, still not very clear, but we all assumed it would be Grayson Allen. Um, and, and maybe then that opens up the door for Jordan Wara to get some minutes during the regular season. Maybe it is Rodney Hood, but I think the value that Rodney Hood and, and guys like him and maybe Jordan Wara fits that mold as well, the value that they're going to bring for this team you would think would be more regular season depth for a team that's coming off a second consecutive compressed off season. In the case of this Bucks team, I mean, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton outside of Devin Booker, nobody's had a longer season than those two have had for the last year. And, you know, just seeing the importance of the playoffs and, you know, not necessarily getting to the point where we've always criticized or fans have some of the LeBron teams of, taking off the regular season and just playing for the postseason. I don't think the Bucs are, are fully in that camp, but there's a definite importance in the postseason that you've seen and a different approach to the regular season. So guys like Rodney Hood, maybe it's Shemi Ojale, maybe it becomes Jordan Warren, some of the young guys, they're going to have pockets throughout this season where you're going to need 10 or 15 minutes from them and just say, look, we need you to score because this is an off night for Chris or Drew or Giannis or, or even Bobby Portis. So that opens up the door for you to kind of carry us for a game or two. Very disrespectful of me. I didn't even mention Bobby Portis when I said those guys that aren't in the rotation. So just another guy that you throw in there. This is just a really, really super deep team. Uh, maybe, if, and I'm going to get into the stats with Jordan War. I got a really interesting quote from Drew Holiday from yesterday's post game that I'm going to bring up here and we will discuss. But maybe people are like myself, maybe people like myself are sleeping on Jordan War a little bit. But speaking of sleeper, I don't know how many guys... And girls listening to this podcast, Bucks fans, basketball fans, whatever, wherever you are in the world. I don't know how many people are playing fantasy basketball, but this is a massive week for fantasy basketball where we're around a week away from opening night. So people are doing drafts left, right and center. So let me give you an alternative uh, to your fantasy basketball season. Uh, in 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense and required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents, which, uh, you know, particularly early in the season, if you know guys are going to be out of the lineup, if guys are carrying some injuries, this is... This could be handy, particularly if other players like maybe Jordan War are going to have a week where you know they're in the rotation. This guy gets buckets, he gets points. So maybe it would come in handy for players like this. So all you have to do is download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. So as we move on here with our discussion around Jordan War, and before we get to that again, or 
Uh, thank you, everyone, for making Lockdown Bucks your first listen of every uh, every day. And maybe your second listen of every day could be Lockdown Packers. What a wild game that was. After I finished recording yesterday, I was talking to Frank about uh, that Packers game. It was insane. I woke up at about 6 a.m. over here in Australia. The scores were tied 22-22, and I didn't know what I was getting myself into. But anyway, I caught the the rest of that game. But our friend Peter Bukowski, I'm sure, had a pretty entertaining post-game pod over at Locked On Packers. So you can check that out as well, wherever you get your podcasts. He's also on YouTube. But Jordan Moore, I was just looking up the stats before we did this show. The numbers are pretty spectacular. Now, it's preseason. I understand and whatever. You can either overreact to this or you can completely wipe it away and say it means nothing. But he's averaging 20.3 points, 6.7 rebounds, 2.7 assists. That's a big number. And one steal. And he's doing that in 25 minutes per game. Uh, Shooting efficiency, 48% from the field, 50% from three, 75% from the free throw line. So per per 36 uh, that's 30 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. So, I mean, he's not messing around. But Bud said it best after the game against Brooklyn. The Bucks went down 119-115, but Jordan Wara was spectacular at times with the variety of the way he was scoring the ball. But do you see anything different with him? Because as Bud sort of pointed to after that game, he said, well, you know, we've seen Jordan score before. He kind of completely dismissed it with the way he answered. <laughs> the guy just put up 30 against the Brooklyn Nets team that was basically at full strength. I mean, I guess the biggest difference, and uh, it's not as though I'm uncovering anything major here, but the biggest difference is just his efficiency in that he's not out there chucking. I mean, he's he's being very efficient with what he's given. He's, um, he's shooting around 50% from the field and on his three point attempts in the preseason here. Um, he doesn't look totally lost defensively. And, and Bud has talked about this over and over, not just for Jordan Wara, but for everybody, all the young guys on this team, especially you think back to Dante, his rookie year um, you have to, and I, I can't tell you how many times I've brought it up that Bud says this, but you have to make winning plays without scoring the basketball that he harps on the importance of that. And I feel like we've seen more of that from Jordan. You talked about the assist totals that he's put up in the preseason. Um, It seems like there's more basketball IQ. And I think a lot of that is probably just another season. uh, Well, a season under his belt, but playing in the Olympics and another run through summer league that just getting more reps. And, you know, we've talked about it before. I really think the G league season is what is going to help Jordan Wara even more. And when you see what he's done in the preseason, I wouldn't say I'd, I'd written him off this season. And it it wasn't even a knock on Jordan War. It's everything that we just went through at the top of the show. When you look at the guys that are in front of him, we thought Rodney Hood would be there and Dante when he comes back and everybody that you got to fit into the mix, Pat Connaughton, there just seemingly isn't going to be a lot of opportunity. So the G League to me was always going to be where most of that growth and development would come from him. But now when you see what he's doing, preseason, yes, but much more efficient. It doesn't look totally lost defensively. Still some improvements to be made there. But you can't help but wonder, as we just said a couple of minutes ago, maybe he is a guy that for those stretches in the middle of the season, and, and maybe you have to deal with injuries. Knock on wood, you hope you don't. But maybe he is a guy that's going to get some of those opportunities, and it's not just going to be a, all right, let's give him consistent reps in the G League. So everyone kind of laughed on media day when, I, I think it was media day, unless I'm getting mixed up, when Drew Holiday made that joke 
about Jordan Wara passing the ball, and and everyone and it, and everyone laughed about it because it, it was funny the way he delivered it, and everyone thought that he was just being silly. He got asked again in the post game yesterday about Jordan Wara, and I, I brought up the quote here uh, that I tweeted out. But he was asked what's different about Jordan Wara this season, and uh, Drew Holiday said uh, Jordan does Jordan. Jordan is going to be good, and he's going to be good for a long time. I feel like the opportunity is hopefully there for him this year to be able to come out and give us a boost. Last year, he just didn't have the opportunity. But before he jumped into that quote, he once again referenced the passing. So, And, and I think when it comes to passing and Jordan Wara, it's very easy to look at the assist numbers and we have a laugh about it. I'm, I'm the first one to joke about it. And I did the same with Bryn Forbes last year. And look, the 2.7 assists, I, I don't think you need to totally overlook it. But I just think rather than looking at the the raw numbers, it's about the intent for me. And if you look at the advanced numbers, and again, this is such a small sample size that assist numbers are you know blown out by missed shots or whatever. So you don't have to read anything in, into it, but it's 14.8% through three preseason games. It was 4% last year. And as I mentioned, in 24 out of his 30 appearances last year, he didn't have an assist. And I just, he didn't look like a guy that was even, like it was even a, a, a possible outcome of a possession once he got the ball last year that hasn't been the case this year he looks to me like a guy that's that will make the extra pass will at least look and it doesn't have to end up in an assist like that's the thing like it can be you know that hockey assist or simply just swinging the ball or if the shot is not there just don't jack it up and i thought a good example was when he was really hot against brooklyn durant came up to defend him on the perimeter jordan Wara started putting the moves on and i'm sure there was a little bit of intimidation the fact that it was kevin durant like like there's no doubt he mentioned in the post game that he thought about putting up the shot but look that's the type of decision he has to make and particularly if he's going to be playing with these guys that are better players than him you can't be out there just heaving terrible step back shots we know he can make them but it's just it, it it's the intent and the willingness to move the ball around a little bit that I think is going to impress and is going to give him an opportunity to to play. Uh, well, have we seen the uh, memes yet of all of this just to stop Jordan Wara <laughs> with the Brooklyn Nets roster? Um, and I think last year too, it's a good point you bring up about the passing. Because again, like this isn't a knock on Jordan Wara. It's his first reps at the NBA level. It's I don't think we can stress enough just how difficult it was, not just for him, but Sam Merrill and Mamadi to not have that, you know, G League component outside of what the two weeks where they were loaned out in the G League bubble with the herd not participating. But even then the Bucks didn't have as much sway or influence on, on how they were used. So I, I don't think you can overstate how difficult it was for their progress and for their for their development to not have those consistent reps. And yeah, you have practice. And it's great to be able to learn from guys like Chris and Giannis and Drew, but not getting the hands-on experience to do it, it's it's very difficult. So when you watched him last year and those opportunities he got largely towards the end of the season, it really did feel like you were watching a G League game, not as an insult here, but you yeah, know, yeah. you think back to especially the early iteration of the G League before almost every uh, team had their own affiliate. It was a lot of chucking and guys that were out there to try and showcase themselves and get moved up to the next level. So it was a lot of guys just going out there hunting shots. And it felt like that's what you saw a lot of, not just with Jordan, but everybody, every one of the young guys that was thrown out there last year. And now going through the the year and being around the team and going through the system more, having a second year of practices and now training camp under your belt, 
and that Olympic experience for Jordan, I think those are all things that contributed to seeing him do more than just go out there and look to score. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And th- that's one of the ho- the things that makes it really difficult to actually judge Jordan War because we just haven't seen him with the, the best players. So when I sit here and say, well, he's got to do a little bit more. All he's done is score. At the same time, I was also sitting at home watching those games saying, all right, let's just score as much as you can. Like I'm cheering for him to be shooting all those shots. So yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I think this year, um, if he is going to crack the rotation, uh, knock on wood, there's no injuries that cause that. But I, I think it'll be because he's playing with these better players and and hopefully then we see a little bit of variety because the one thing that he's going to have to be able to do if he's going to play with these starters is uh, just be willing to stand sometimes in the corner and knock down the catch and shoot three. I mean, those are the types of looks he's going to get. We've already seen Grayson Allen fit in uh, with this uh, with this team really well. I've got a few more thoughts, and we should bring up Mamu as well before we wrap up this show today. Uh, before I do that, we'll thank our friends over at betonline.ag, betonline.ag, I should say, who are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Just head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. That's BetOnline where the game starts. As we continue this show here, Justin, when I tweeted out some of the numbers after that game against Brooklyn, there was a couple of comments that were just like, well, he just has to play. You've got to get him in in the rotation. It's that simple. Um, My main pushback with that before we transition into uh, Mamu Kalashvili is that I... I don't. The Bucks aren't lacking for score. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is a very, very good offense. The starters came back yesterday, and yes, it was against you know a G League team, but they put up forty-eight points in the first quarter. Like this yeah. team doesn't need offense. Like they've got enough scoring. Yes, we saw the three-point shooting go cold in the postseason, but that's why he has to be able to do other things because Pat Connaughton does do other things. And so does Grayson Allen. And so does Bobby Portis when he hits the glass and rebounds. So he, he just needs to do something else. That's that's really the last point I have on that. I don't think it's as simple as this guy can really score. He's got to be out there. Because I think it was John Hollinger that wrote the article in the last couple of days discussing potential restricted free agent contracts for Dante DiVincenzo. And one of the points he made is that it's difficult to judge Dante because his role is going to be bigger at just about almost any other team in the league. Yeah. That's what happens when you've got a contender. So do I if Jordan Moore is going to play, his actual wide skill set is going to be compressed playing for the Bucks because he's not going to have the opportunity to play that role. So in some ways you can say, well, you're minimizing his potential, you're minimizing his development. Yeah, but who gives a shit? You just won the title and you're a contender again this year. That's how it works. So it's about can he fit into what the team needs? Yeah, I mean, if if he and and we talked about it at the top, but you know, let's say early in the season he carries this over, and um, whether it's you know injuries or the fact that you're not going to see Dante Divincenzo early, maybe he plays eight to ten minutes a game. I mean, what we're looking at three shots that he's going to get within the flow of this offense, something along those lines. Um, so yeah, it's it's to me, I think 
what makes you really um, thirst for Jordan Wara in this rotation and seeing Grayson Allen do it as well is watching those two guys, quick releases. And with Jordan Wara, the the shot profile and where he gets most of his shots off, the profile on him coming out of Louisville was he takes and makes tough shots, which is maybe <laughs> the most important trait to have at the NBA level, at least the latter part, to make those. A lot of guys take difficult shots, but you got to make them. It's also um, very accurate. Very accurate. Yeah, <laughs> right. And what we've seen from these three games and last year, he certainly is a fan of those difficult ones. Um, but the ability to, to do that and just where he scores from on the floor that, you know, I think we've seen definite strides from Giannis through the playoffs. And we saw a little bit of that in the one game and what 20 minutes that we saw yesterday, but from where he's scoring from, you've seen offensive growth from Giannis. Chris, we know what to expect from. I think you saw Drew get more and more comfortable with this team offensively as the season went on. But it still felt like, it. okay, if there's one hole that you would like to plug and say we need more of this, it was those mid-range scores. And you got enough of it at times in the playoffs, but that's something you look at Jordan War and you say, yeah, I feel like that's what he could maybe do best at the NBA level is getting those shots in the mid-range within 14 to 16 feet. And that's what makes him, to me, most enticing and wanting to see those opportunities for him. We're still a ways away from that and certainly him getting those in meaningful minutes in the playoffs. But I think that's why there's even more thirst is, one, we've seen a lot of the younger guys either progress into the rotation or they're no longer with the team. So it's basically just down to Jordan Wara and Mamu now. Um, but what he does is just a perfect marriage for that one thing that you're still looking at a little bit more of. Yeah, and I, I think as much as I've banged on about the role players and the importance they have in this team when they're fitting in with the stars, um, this regular season in particular, there is going to be stretches where maybe you're missing one of those three stars. Uh, maybe you have a regular rotation where there is parts of the game where you only have one of those guys on the floor. So if it's just Drew or if it's, if it's just Chris, can Jordan Wara be the second guy out there as the second scorer? Because there's no doubt last year, if you look at the bench and who was probably the best scorer off the bench, Bobby Portis, Jordan Wara yeah. is a next level scorer, And Bobby Portis is very talented. He will also shoot those mid range jumpers, but Jordan Wara has got more, more in the bag as, as the kids would say. So yeah, I mean, it would be cool. I've compared him in the past to, not in a straight-up player comparison, but just what they could potentially bring to the team. You know, a Lou Williams, these types of guys that come off the bench and can get you 20 points. So maybe that's the role. And I agree with you. Like, I want him to get in there. I'm just practically trying to look at how, what, what's the easiest path for him to get minutes. Uh, before we wrap it up, Mamu Kailashvili, 20 points, 11 rebounds. I really liked, and this is against the Brooklyn game, I really liked that we got to see him I'm looking to aggressively score. That would be the only criticism I, I would have of him. And it's not really a criticism. I, I just, I wanted to see him try and score more because he's super unselfish. I think Frank described him as just a basketball player. I mean, this guy just yeah. looks like he knows how to play basketball. No, and we talked about uh, taking and making tough shots that Jordan did collegiately. Oh, man, and, and he's saw, spinning and dunking. Yeah, Mamu doing oh. spinning and, and reverse layups. Um, yeah. yeah, when you watch that first preseason game, um, I, I know it's one game to make the comparison, but I kept going back to in Sterling Brown's first two years with the Bucks. I mean, he was another one of those young guys that you saw some flashes early and you thought, okay, what kind of role could this guy have in the rotation? But it always boiled down to, 
I'm not saying, and DJ Wilson too, for that matter, more, probably more apropos with DJ, I'm not saying you want to go out there and you know take over like we've seen Jordan Wara do at times, but you got to be a little more aggressive and look to score instead of just you know playing within the system. It's one thing to be said to do that, but it just looked like those two guys were, were kind of passive and it felt like, okay, we're kind of seeing some of that from Mamu as well, where he's doing everything that Bud is going to harp on and that you're going to need to do to play for Coach Budenholzer. But at some point, you do have to be able to create your own shots and show that skill set. So to see it in the preseason and to see him do it at the level that he did that finished, what, I think with 20 points and some circus real shots that he had in that game, you see it's there. So he's another guy that I think, and we talked about Jordan, I think to a lesser extent in the G League, but with Mamu especially, a full year with the Wisconsin Herd and to be able to get him more reps and play within this system, I'm going to be really curious to see what he looks like next season when he gets a chance to go through a full season of being around the team, but getting those consistent reps in Oshkosh and then going through another training camp and the growth that he can make throughout this season. Yeah, catch and shoot threes again stand out to me. He hit, he hit one against the Brooklyn Nets. That's just a skill set you've just got to have. I mean, have a look at Bobby Portis last year, high 40%. Uh, from three hopefully he'll be able to reproduce something similar this year but uh, that's just such a valuable skill we've seen all the other things and quite honestly bud was very uh, positive about mamu after the game and he's not often like that i mean we've heard his yeah. sort of language around jordan Wara, so they seem to really like that they uh they seem to really like mamu kalashvili they said that he's got the respect of the players which made me think about Giannis. Uh, i hope mamu kalashvili isn't just the next in the line of big of big men that Giannis really likes, but he actually just bullies them at practice. And we've had Thon Maker come through, then we had Christian Wood come through, then we had Diakite come through. Come on, Mamu Kalashvili, we need you to fight through. We need you to make it and not be the next former Bucks young big man that's just uh, shoved aside. I was going to say it's been uh, quite a list, and it's uh, I don't know if it's been a curse to be, you know, Giannis's guy and one of the younger guys that Giannis latches onto. And it was funny too. It was I don't remember if it was the day after or day before that Nets game where, you know, with Mamu with his play, the defense comes up, and as we've said repeatedly, you're going to have to play defense and rebound and, and pass, especially if you're a young guy to find time here. And the Bucks releasing the clip of. Mamu trying to defend Giannis and that not going too well. So hopefully it, it's not another in those lines of Thon and Christian Wood and DJ Wilson even and all the other guys that have been these young guys that you see something and they're playing behind Giannis and Giannis latches onto something there, but you're just not able to fully develop them. Hopefully Mamu's the guy that breaks that trend. It's a tough gig. I mean, you come into Milwaukee, you're a young guy just trying to develop, trying to get minutes. Your reward is getting dunked on by Giannis every single practice. And then the minutes aren't there because the guy that you're trying to, to get minutes is the best player in the world. So tough scene for these young guys. But Mamu Kalashvili, uh, as Bud said, looks like he's made a pretty good uh, reputation for himself early days in Milwaukee. Uh, we're out of time. We're going to wrap this up. But I mentioned right at the start, this is a massive week for fantasy basketball players. Not me. I don't play fantasy basketball. But I know, I know a lot of our listeners do. So you should be listening to Josh Lead and the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Uh, they sent through the numbers today. I mean, we, we look at our humble little podcast we're building on YouTube here. That man is doing like 35K views per video every day. I mean, just absolutely insane. Uh, we thank everyone for 
subscribing to our show, though, whether it's in the podcast, numbers continue to climb. Once again, shout out to our friends over in Greece. But Justin, uh, let's wrap it up here. Bucks Jazz still a couple of days away, but perhaps more importantly, we're only around a week away from ring night, from banner night. Crazy stuff, crazy stuff. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's hard to believe it's already here that we talked about that with the season, but now especially we're going to be able to, and I tried to catch a, a sneak peek and see, all right, have they leaked anything out? I haven't seen anything yet, but uh, looking up to the rafters and seeing, all right, that's where the banner is going to be, and we're going to see that one week from today. I remember a couple of years ago when I was there and uh, covering the team back in the 2018-19 season that people were pointing out the Central Division banner, and I was like, <laughs> I'm not lo- I'm like, I'm not looking at that, okay? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not putting a potential strain on my neck just to look at this division uh, banner, but now we've got a real one. We've got a real one, so that's, uh, that's something to be excited about. All right, we'll wrap it up. We'll be back tomorrow as always and then pushing ahead uh, to the game against the Jazz. We also got a crossover episode with our friends over at Locked On Nets coming up this week. Uh, that might be an interesting podcast. I think we've got some things to talk about with our friends over in Brooklyn, so that's going to be fun. So for Justin and myself, uh, take it easy. We'll catch you guys tomorrow.